0: first Limer, which is on page hey, hey, middle of the page right side this is a very famous limer that's brought down in the name of Chedusha this five sentence brings it down in this five as well so Hashem says I will take you out from underneath of the burdens of Egypt what is the very first sign of the first step of redemption? It's when we despise the galus. That's the first sign that redemption is at hand when we are sick and tired of the galus that we live in. And as long as we're able to bear the exile, and we say, It's okay. You know, we can handle it. It's not possible then for redemption to come. We have to show dissatisfaction and a lack of regard and a uh, meuse, a repulsion of this scholars. And it says, I will take you out from underneath of the burdens of Egypt. Perusha. This is how the Hidusha Harim understands this. Otzi mi es haratzon es I will bring out from you the will to bear mitzrayim. In other words, take a look at the parsif. Sivalos mitzrayim means the burdens of, of Egypt. Mm-hmm. The way he looks at it is to be able to bear Egypt. So I will take you out from being able to bear Egypt. I will make it such that you're no longer able to bear that exile. So even there, Hashem's helping us along the way. And that first step is not being able to stand the Gullus. Hashem says, I will take you out from being able to withstand this Gullus. I will make it such that you will no longer be willing to put up with this Gullus. I will make the Gaulus despicable in your eyes that you will no longer be able to accept it and to bear it. So that's like the comfort zone that people are in. you know, we can handle it, it's okay, we can handle it. And Hashem is waiting for us to say we can't handle it. We can't take this anymore. It's not good for our neshames, it's not good for our yiddishkeit, not good for our lives, not good for our relationship with Hashem. Please, Hashem, redeem us. <laughs> all
1: right, a couple of things. When well, 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 we listed so many, yet unfortunately, died in Mitzrayim. In Mitzrayim. Mitzray. Mm-hmm. 80%. 80% died. Is it possible that Hadushev could be saying we're still in the spiritual Mitzrayim as far as we tolerate the Golas? We're all very tolerant. I, right. I can't say that I've every day get up anguished because i'm in, in right exile right i know i should but we don't so i'm wondering if because we talk sometimes that god took us out quickly because things were, were getting dangerous that maybe that spiritual pull to leave mitzrahams he talks here in our minds and our spirituality didn't happen quite yet we know that maybe because maybe 80 percent of the jews did not did not leave did not leave
0: mm-hmm. right and even That's the ones that, even
1: the ones that left kept referring back, what was better back there? Right.
0: Look back to it.
1: So I'm wondering if we, because he took us out quickly, we weren't quite at the point yet to be free of the spiritual exile of Mitzray, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. a tolerance of dullest. Right.
0: You know? I, I like your word, tolerate by, that's the word, that's the word I should have used, to tolerate mitzvah yeah, instead of about. to bear. That's a good word. Just one second, I have to respond to Avi's uh, question. Comment that I th- I think that it is very possible that if um, a person is released before they are fed up, you know, with their environment, that they may not get to that point. Right. But it seems to be that he's saying that Hashem is saying to them that I will make sure that this happens. I will take you out from being able to tolerate Mitzrayim. So for those people who left. But perhaps for the 80% who didn't, as you mentioned, maybe they never got to that point. And maybe those shamans are
1: still passing mm-hmm. through time, and until we get to that level, it's not done yeah. yet. Right. Uh, I right.
2: Greg, thank Great. you. Great. Great. Sure. Yes, Mark. Uh, it was uh, the same thing, um, <laughs> <laughs> me moving up here with Yusko from Mitswami to the South, uh-huh. uh, Washington, because actually it was not so much a spiritual, well, that was way back when, when it was the dark spiritual era, but mm-hmm. also other commitments and all that. So I right. wouldn't be able, you know, since, you know, because since I can't drive or anything, so that took a longer time. Right. But I eventually think of moving um, at some point to Eretz Israel, and you know, There's leaving right. Mitzrayim with the rest mm-hmm. all, for all of us. So that's why I wanted to yeah. make mention I'd of it. I'd to be able
0: to do
2: that.
0: Well, please, yes. Yes, what's your uh, I think
3: that it's not whether the Yidden were tolerant or intolerant of God. Mm-hmm. I think it's because Hashem promised Abraham that he would take us out.
0: Well, that is for sure. That, that, that is a major factor in Gaula is Hashem's promise to Abraham that, that he would take us out. But perhaps <coughs> a way to look at that is that this is the way Hashem does fulfill his promise to Avraham Avinu that he helps the Jewish people get to the point where they won't tolerate the Golis anymore. So that helps them along. As he said, that really is the first step in Geula, is to not be able to tolerate the Golis. It's the first step. So Hashem is telling them, I'm going to help you get to that point. So that, that Taka is the fulfillment of the promised opera of
1: And it could be it's so, it could be it's nice. so we first
0: he's still helping us. Yeah, yeah. I think that it applies all the way through. Right, he will mm-hmm. in the end he'll, he'll help us get to that point. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: but it would seem to say he's also saying that the redemption can't occur till we reach that point.
0: right right That's what he does say. Okay. So we'll on to the next page, which is payveV and we're going to look at the second paragraph on payveV right side of the page.
1: Works
0: well, sure. They did not listen to Moshe on account of shortness of spirit and very difficult labor. Right. So the pshat is that they were so downtrodden and just so oppressed in their slavery and their demoralized spirit that they weren't able to heed what Moshe said. Kotser Ruach F Dover Kazeh. How can you say this? The Dover I share Hashlema. When it comes to something that has to do with the knowledge of God and true redemption, Asher share and that all redemptions come from this redemption. We know that, that Yatsius mitzrayim is a paradigm for all future redemptions, including the final one, from time of the Shia here Be amazing. So, how could it be something so big, so great, so fundamental? How could you not hear it, even even despite all of their slavery? What does that mean that they didn't hear it? Ella, he says. However, Yesh Kol Hanichnas Af l'charashim Asher Lo Says there is such a thing as a sound, which even a deaf person can hear. Hmm. Even people who cannot hear like these Why? What are they deaf? Meaning, what does it mean that they can't hear? As it says, their hard work What was their hard work? It was so hard for them to part from the Avodah Zura, from the ways of the Egyptian culture that they had adopted and upon themselves. So that's the idea, Drush. Avodah kasha means they couldn't hear Moshe because they were involved in Avodah His, However, his first point was, there are certain sounds that even a person who's immersed in something bad can hear. I do elaborate on that. But still, even though they couldn't hear him literally and could not heed his word, but still what he said had an effect on them. The Yuchal leaves Kof, the Hazara and those lingering words that are kind of floating around in one's mind, on the back burner, you might say, they will eventually come and lift this person back up as it says those who were deaf heard meaning at Harsinai that means to say even when they were deaf they could hear same point we know that there is a bascal, there is a sound which comes out from Harsinai every day there's a voice that comes forth from Sinai. Umachredet, and it announces mm-hmm. Woe was to the creations for the insult of the Torah. And that voice helps a person stand erect and correct their ways. Mm-hmm. Even that, if someone would say to you, hey, did you just hear that announcement from Arsini this morning, the one that comes out every day to do tshuva? Uh, I don't think I heard it. Maybe I need to hear a little better. If right? we, we tried to say, did you hear that? We would all say no. Nonetheless, but it has an effect on us in our terminology, in the subconscious. right? It's affecting us. I shouldn't say our terminology. In the contemporary terminology. I shouldn't terminology. As the Baal Shem Tov says, regarding this voice that comes out from Har chuva. that is what causes thoughts of tshuva in a person. Mm. So if we have thoughts of tshuva at a certain time during the day, where do they come from? It's this basko that comes forth from Har, she- Har Sinai every day and says, tshuva do tshuva, woe is to us for the insult of Torah, so we can't hear it on a physical level, but we can hear it on a spiritual level, and it's making an, an effect on us, an impression on us, and our thoughts of shuvah that we have during the day are a result of that baskol that comes out of Harsinai every day. That's what the Lord Tov says. Sheim lav ken lama he says, otherwise, why would they make the announcement, right? Why is Harsinai sending out an announcement every day that we can't hear? Like, what's the purpose? So there obviously is a purpose, and the purpose is that it's affecting us even though we're not aware of it. As it says, after the Cheyed HaEgal, later on, that we ruined the Naaseh of Naaseh, we ruined the Naaseh, but the Nishma was not ruined. We still had that. When you're left with just the nishma and to make out of it uh, a you he said that's a really hard thing to do. All <coughs> right, so let's try to figure out what, the, what he's saying here. First of all, they couldn't hear Moshe because of Kotz and HaNavod kasha, but he wants to say that they really did hear him. They think they didn't hear Moshe, and it looked like they didn't hear Moshe, but they talk, uh, heard him. Just like at Har Sinai, when the voice comes out every day, we think we don't hear it, but we do. And the ability to respond to it is that thoughts of Truva and eventually B'nai Yisro came around. They did come around to Moshe Rabbeinu. So his words were not for naught, and they made an impression on it. We yes, by We say,
4: by Yisro, it says Yisro heard.
0: Yishma Yisro. Yisro
4: Yisro. And, but really, it just brings that the whole world heard. But why do we say that Yisro heard? Because Yisro heard he and he acted on it. it. So right. in the same way, they didn't hear, mm-hmm. because, not because they didn't hear, but because they didn't act on I what they had heard. to say. Very good. Very nice. And, and, very and, nice and that's and because they didn't hear because they didn't want to hear because they were involved in the abodasur, well, is what right. I think he's saying there. Right. And and you know, like anybody, you, you keep nagging, nag, nagging about whatever you you know, and but. They're going to say, I didn't hear you, I didn't hear you, because they want to be involved in whatever it is that you want them to change. I'm I'm used to
1: that. Well, I wonder also, the of standing erect, though, was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, My thought was that maybe says that that's our ability. We we exist in the world and we continue to go without us really knowing. It's from that voice from our Mm -hmm. that continues to talk that allows us to stand direct mm-hmm. to do the things we do. Mm-hmm. And then I, I saw that later on, and in that day, now that happens, you, why am I having this thought of some kind of truth, and that's nice. But I took it, it means that it gives us the power to even move in the to day. Lo- to move forward, right. yeah. Right. Very good. I seem to remember uh, uh,
4: a story, true or uh, not, about a Rebbe who was riding on a wagon with a wagon driver, and he turns to the wagon driver all of a sudden and says, do you want a yeah, you know, he's stopped and made He says, how do you know I want to fill up the time here? He says, well, I, I heard a, a, a box call from Sinai at that point. I knew and someone you know, like me, I hear chuba, but I know for you, it's you know, <laughs> maybe... Like, I mean, that's, that's a step forward. Uh, it has of, a different manifestation in yeah. each person, right? Yeah, but I'm saying <laughs> that, that,
0: that,
4: that uh, on a certain <laughs> level, you know, that that is also yeah. a, you know, a turning to, to life. Right, yeah. So, but uh, I was mean, saying that, that if, uh, you, you, you might hear the boss call, but in you, it, it may be a very
2: different... A thing. different response one thing about yes, uh, the little higher in order it's important to hear the boss call because you notice uh, a lot of people when you have uh, a teakon you know right. they have schnapps and everything right but since i'm a, i don't want to say i'm a tea toddler, but if i do have a schnapps i sip it very slowly mm-hmm. because i want to make certain that my brain chemicals doesn't change so rapidly i don't hear anything i got to function mm-hmm. you know it's a busy day it's not Shabbos and yunter. Mm-hmm. so that's uh, that's where the sipping comes a long sli- sipping comes in and all that because it's, you don't want to you know you're in a show and this is very important a lot of people forget well you know it's possible you could have your sites just about every other hopefully not you know but you know i have your sites. they have to regularly and all that pretty soon you're going to be thinking it's a lose the idea what why you're in the show in the first place <laughs> so i just want to make note of that okay note is made
0: i'm going to take a look at another one on pay and this is on the top column on the left side of the page, by your Mesa your and the fish that was in the river died, and the the river had a horrible stench. So the Torah makes a point of saying that that after all the river died, all the fish died, that it smelled. V'chein v'makos har tzfardeim. Also, it says that by the second plate of plague of tzfardeya, kaseiv v'ativ asherit. After the frogs all died, it says, and the earth had a horrible stench. So, what's the idea? It has to be significant. Ki hayamakos, I'm sorry. Ki hayud makos hayu kineged hayud mitos tovos sheviyisro. The ten makos corresponded to ten positive character traits of the Jewish people. That would be, you know, the ten Seros, ten midos. And each one removed the Klippa, an aspect of tuma, from each mita. So our Midos were being purified as the Esher Makas were going on. The pre sodic talks about this quite extensively, that each Maka was a refuah for Kal yisroel, and it was a uh, destruction for Mitzrayim. So each particular one, that mita, was purified for the Jewish people. The the z'rama susim and it says it said regarding the Mitzrayim that their z'rama, their stream, it really is referring to their sexuality, is like that of horses. The Nique race ervas or and it's also called the erva of the Lamb, which means a place of great sexual immorality. Umakam tumah v'niyut, in a place of tumah and adultery. Ukishyeye lohem chayin be'ine ha'ana. If a person has a certain regard for what's going on around him, v'nishka <speaking in> bohem <Hebrew> then get sunk into that. Zehu iker ha'golu shalamidas. This is the essence of what galus hamidos means. That's to say, when a person realizes that the culture around them is foreign, and it's not their culture, but they like it. They like what's going on around them. They have a certain fondness for the culture. So it says that is galus hamidos. When a person's midos, what they love, what they fear, what they have compassion on, they're affected by because they're fond of the culture around them. This is all very important for us to think about who grew up in the United States of America, or any or any country that has the things that that country is fond of, and that we grow fond of those things in that culture. That's m'aka Hamidas. He says, therefore, that was the reason in this maka of blood and Sephardia that afterwards it stunk, mm. and the idea is that whatever that of whatever meat that I represented in Kali Yisrael, it's one thing to say, okay, that's not good for me. It's another thing to say, I hate that. So that was the reason for the river smelling and for the frog smelling to make sure that we were completely detached from the culture and not just having lingering fond memories of it. And we know that the fish says later on in the Torah that we remember the the fish. When we were complaining later on, we remember the fish in Mitzrayim. That had to do with family life. I don't know the context of that. But it's something to do with sexuality. In this makah of blood. The fish died, and it had a horrible stench, and in their eyes it was repulsive. v'ativa erva Likewise, when it says, and the land stunk, that it smelled. That's right. That's the idea that the culture, and that what may have appealed to the Jewish people in that culture, the oritz, the land, the way of the land, the erva sa'oretz, so that it became putrid in the eyes of the Jewish people. And what usually happens, this, this is a Chazal, is they say, Right? the beauty of the place is upon its inhabitants. A person grows up in a bad place, but they always have certain fond memories of that place. If you live there, you have a certain fondness for it. So being that we lived in Mitzrayim, we had a fondness for Mitzrayim, and this was in order to make sure that the fondness for the place would not be upon the Jewish people when we left. And hence, in both of the first two plagues, you had this concept of that it was putrid. And That's a trem- tremendous lesson, right? Because people, we can all do, we can all change our behavior. We can all reject the values that are around us, but there's still this you know, this fondness, this nostalgia for the culture and to really move oneself away from that, that's that is a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, Sylvan.
3: Um, good question. Yes. Just, to, thoughts of, to my knowledge of place that Ernosa Aras yes. is introduced by Yosef in the Counter of the Brothers. That the, that that's the first it. time we see it. Right. So I'm wondering if, um, since uh, in, in in most of the time when we see it used in Sorum, it's alluding to the dimension of sexuality. Right. Do you think at that point uh, that that Yosef is sort of hinting to a d- dimension of sexuality, and if so, what's your thought on that?
0: Yeah, I do, and um, just on a different level there that the the Shvatim coming down to Mitzrayim, especially Yosef, and um, and Yaakov as well was in order to establish uh, Torah morality there, mm-hmm. and so it, it, perhaps he's acknowledging on that level that you've come to you've come to see Ervah like basically to be mitzakin it. Mm-hmm. You know.
3: So in a certain sense, he's at the at the level of hinting. He's like hinting at at their mission in right. coming. Right. Right. That's a nice thought. Yeah. I was.
4: I understand that which is. A deeper aspect, of mm-hmm. just trying to make the land and the river disgusting. Mm-hmm. It, 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 on, a, on a medium deep level, there's the, you know the idea of the culture making that that culture uh, disgusting. It, it's it's reminiscent of I think the story you told about the, the Rabbi Heringer. A, a a Dodgers, uh, sport, Yankees, 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 Yankees. Yankees right. Yeah. Right. or or you might say right. finding out how the orange crush are doing, right? If like <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you no more, never no yourself respect. to that yeah. aspect, that stadium aspect of uh, Western culture, then that's okay. But you know, it's it's hard you know, when when there's some people who you know, forget about what's on the political side, you know, what's on the sports pages is the, you know, that's the, uh, that's, that's the, the acre acre. news of the day. <laughs> you telling me? Guilty as to, I mean, for me, the anchor right. news in the paper is yeah, what's on you know, the cartoons.
1: Uh, <laughs> if you're raising boys, you're doing sports. <laughs> what? If you're raising boys, you're doing sports. <laughs>
0: okay, but... And look, there are a lot of things like that, right? There's the, sports, there's the art, there's culture. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things that would fit into that category well, that because we countries. are all, you know. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: there was, a, there was, it is, <laughs> I mean, art yeah, that yeah. it is. There was a very big comment about someone who I heard a number of years ago, when I was in talk talking. He had moved from Futsal um, or to Cicero. And he talked about, you know, having to give up the Sunday New York Times so that like, he was a very you know, um, well-read person and um, you know how upset he was with himself that that was something that he had to deal with right. that in coming to, to throw that he missed his Sunday times that it, it reflected something in him that he wasn't happy with that, that he missed it so I, I think we're all immersed in it you know, and it's, hard, it's hard to see
3: There's a family therapist uh, who who, uh, has written a lot on sort of some of the vulnerabilities, cultural vulnerabilities of our time, and she she had this line that applies here. She said that it used to be that the job of parents was to introduce children to the culture. She says today the job of parents is to protect children from
1: the the culture. culture.
3: Very, uh, I think, an insight that we can relate to. -hmm.
1: Yeah, it's, it's extremely difficult to do, you know, because they just have to walk out the door, and, and well, run it's, into right the it's right there. Yeah. It. It's right there. it's
3: this constant sort of battle, uh, you
1: know. Even inside our schools, the schools we send our
0: kids, hopefully we protected It's coming right through those doors. It's everywhere. The the real protection, I believe, is um, helping kids and adults process. And uh, honestly, what the conflicts of the culture are with Torah. Now protection for us doesn't mean, you know, close your eyes. Because it's impossible. Right. It's just absolutely impossible. But the way one can protect is to know the enemy, know the influence, and protect oneself against it by knowing how to counteract it. I, I'd
3: like to ju- ju- add this interesting set of reactions over the last few weeks. Reflecting on this uh, kinos that, that Gadolim had in Herzl Israel on the whole issue of cell phones, and my first initial reaction, I think, was a very sort of American cultural reaction, a uh, got reflexive reaction. It's like, don't they have anything better to talk about? You know, if you're going to make an extraordinary gathering of this level, I mean, aren't there more pressing, more dangerous, more? Uh, mm-hmm. But but um, as I sat and sat with my own reaction to it, I. I I came to sort of said, um, well, there there may be more, you know, sort of immediate or dangerous issues, but the issue here is the pervasiveness, um, and uh, and the the way in which something like that can become just an accepted part of life without, in an unquestioned way, and I and I came to think of that as really appreciate more sort of sense of its so importance.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, with what was on
0: the cell phones? The, uh, the Gidol and Eretz Yisrael, um, about three or four weeks ago, they prohibited the use of cell phones for Yeshiva Baham.
2: They did? Three or four weeks I mm-hmm.
0: got that In Eretz And um, it was across the board. You know, all Yeshiva Bafin unmarried boys were no longer allowed to use cell phones. So this is obviously uh, affecting thousands of people, and in business, affecting you know hundreds of thousands, probably millions, of dollars of business. And um, what had happened was that their internet connections, you can get through this right. phone, to the phone. and you can do that. And uh, they basically said that we can't, we just can't uh, take it anymore. So they they answered him. Now, I understand that they're working with the companies to try and um, have them develop cell phones that just do cell phones and don't do internet. Sure, don't which say. is enough of an annoyance in and of itself, yeah. you know. But it's not the same it. thing. It the whole discussion right. was.
2: Right. Okay.
0: But there, they go off and davening. learning everywhere.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to point out one thing about the cell phones. Now we got something with cell phones with cameras in it. I am more leery about. Who is coming in and taking pictures with cell phones without you knowing? Especially in schools or day schools, that actually is a concern. I'm not talking about you know, you know, it's a cute item and makes of uh, Mickey Mouse sounds. I'm talking about safety. These days, you never know. Okay.
3: Uh,
4: okay.